Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. So welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast. Today I could call this a garden edition because I'm sitting on a balcony recording this for you, enjoying a little sunshine here. Hopefully it will influence, let's say, this episode. But um, nevertheless, today I want to talk to you about probably not an easy topic for all of us. Um uh, because today I want to talk about the first step, let's say, in um, taming our inner critic, which is by really understanding um, why this inner critic exists, what its purpose is, and what it's actually here for. Because, I mean, you know, when we talk about this inner critic, you know, like, um, why is it even important to tame it or um to you know get it under control um because the first first things first spoiler alert is um sometimes there are so many claims that you know you have to um kind of crush your inner critic or you know just um turn it off completely which is just first of all it's just not possible, okay? And second of all, it's also not going to be super useful for you because this inner critic of ours serves a certain purpose and um, we just need to, you know, understand when it is actually trying to, to help us and um, learning when it is actually like completely off and um, just putting us into situations Um we're basically we're not let's say taking action on something that we really want and we actually you know we can feel it in our gut that we have let's say we have the ability we have the um the potential we have the experience we have whatever it takes um but then let's say that inner inner little critical voice comes in who says you know you don't know enough yet, you don't have the experience, what will others think of you, they will judge you or whatever, you will be a disappointment. So, you know, it's so, so important to get a hold on it and um, get you into a position where you are in control of that inner critic and make it work for you, not against you. Because let's be honest, I mean, how many of you who are listening, you know, have experienced anxiety, self-doubt or feelings of guilt and shame like on a regular basis? Um, I definitely can can uh, say yes to that. Or, you know, like this inner critic also shows up uh, or we know that it shows up when, you know, a new opportunity is being offer to you or you know opens up for you and um, you have this kind of inner desire to really pursue it and take it because it sounds so interesting but then um, when it comes to actually taking the step towards it for some reason your hand will stay down you will not take the step you will find some weird reason that makes logical sense in that moment of why that is not a good idea and that's just another form of, you know, our inner critic showing up. Or maybe, you know, it's it can also be like simple things like maybe, you know, maybe you're searching for a partner and um, maybe you, you, you know, for you, it can be about daring to talk to a guy or um, 
just uh, you know allowing yourself to to hear a no you know you, you never know what happens but you don't give yourself the permission like that inner voice of you will tell you you know he's too good looking for you or um whatever he will he'll laugh at you he will he will um he's not interested because you're ugly i don't know like we have you know such a big um let's say horizon or big variety of of possible options that our inner critic um comes up with to use against us in those moments or maybe you know maybe for you it's about taking the next career step and um that you've been kind of um postponing and um kind of pushing forward for a long period of time maybe it's you you know venturing out into your own business maybe you have a a hobby or a passion that you know you really love and um if it was just up to you and um money was not an issue you would totally go for it but then there comes all those doubts right that make it look like a bad idea to leave your safe job um and maybe it's you know simply about finally feeling great in your own body so whatever that specific situation might be for you you know If you stop following through with something because you feel paralyzed, overwhelmed, doubtful, or afraid, you know, this is the indicator that your inner critic has shown up and um, is here to run the show for you. And that show is called Your Life, right? And um, if you've experienced, you know, any of those moments that I just um, mentioned as examples... You know how awful that can feel when you're in that situation. Um, I remember a lot of situations from work where, you know, it's just about you're being offered new opportunities, um, new projects, and you want to do it. It's interesting. It's like challenging. It's exactly what you want. And then you just don't raise your hand. And you're just like wondering afterwards, like, what the fuck? Why didn't I do it? You know? Especially when you see then then afterwards what the people who actually, you know, volunteered or or accepted it made out of it. And you know you, that you could have done a way better job. So, you know, in those situations, I usually felt quite defeated, frustrated, even angry sometimes. Because, you know, it just gave me that sense of being a failure. And um, for to me, like, feeling like a failure is like the the ultimate kind of almost um how to say that kiss of death <laughs> in a certain way um and then at other times let's say particularly when other people for example uh like my parents are involved and i and i hope for some support that was <laughs> the other um extreme for me i would you know walk into those situations with like anxiety i would I would postpone or try to avoid those situations until it was literally not possible like anymore. Like I just had to face it and um, I would walk in there, you know, I would put all my all my kind of courage together and then usually I would walk out of them feeling like I was a huge disappointment, a sinner or like simply kind of not worthy enough because, you know... Um, I never found kind of that that interest or support in the things that I really wanted to do that were totally outside of my parents' comfort zone. And um, I just always wondered, you know, why, why they would not see what I needed, what I personally needed. They were always just so focused on themselves. And so if we don't start taming that inner critic of ours and, you know, learn how to use it in our, in our favor what will happen is that we will live really a life full of resentments and frustration. Um, resentment on the one hand for all the things, you know, that we didn't do, that we didn't end up, you know, raising our hand for, that we didn't end up just, you know, doing, thinking like, okay, fuck this shit, I'm just going to try, you know, I'm just going to see what happens. And um, Particularly, you will feel that resentment because I'm almost 100% certain that in all of those situations where you really, truly wanted something from your heart, um, 
and you didn't end up doing it, you knew exactly 100% that you had the ability to do it and um, that you were capable of making it happen. And then, you know, in the end, time passes by and, you know, we look back and we just stay stuck in this, you know, oh, what if, what if I had done that? You know, my life would be completely different. And um, that needs to change. I don't want you to wonder anymore, you know, what would have happened. I want you to make that life happen for you. And, (coughs) sorry, and, you know, frustration really on the other side, because like I mentioned, you know, deep inside of you that you have what it takes. So, you know, not doing the things that you know you're capable of just makes you play small and makes you play um, or live life, you know, way beyond your potential, way beyond what is possible for you. And you just settle. You settle in every tiny thing. You know, it might be a tiny thing today and then another tiny thing tomorrow where you settled for something that didn't fully... De- didn't fully satisfy you or um, was equal to, you know, what you actually wanted or desired. And so that will, you know, everything counts. All those tiny things will add up. It's just like you have a bucket for water, a big bucket. And um, every day there's just a tiny drop, you know, falling in there. I assume that just by probably the end of a couple of months, that bucket will be full, you know? And so at a certain point, that bucket will overflow with that water and that water will just be your frustration. And so whoever that poor poor person will be in your life, you know, they will get the whole, you know, rant of frustration, anger, because it will turn into something much bigger. And it will just make you take, you know actions that you won't like do things that you will probably feel sorry for afterwards and so none of those things um will actually contribute to you living a more fulfilling life in the end it will be like you know knowing that you're a ferrari and that you're that you're capable of driving 200 miles per hour at your like at your best with ease even but then, you know, you go through life living living it and going just at 30 miles per hour. Like a Ferrari who would only drive a maximum of 30 miles per hour in his life or in her life um, will not be a happy car. And that's what happens to us. So this is why I invite you to today's episode of just understanding like the first step of what is actually happening so that you will eventually get to that point of um, being in control over that inner critic and um, using it in your favor. I shared in the first episode with you um, on my personal series, you know, a little bit off the backstory of how I ended up like feeling completely miserable and stuck in my life and what kind of helped me get out of it. And um, then in the second episode we talked about you know the three steps to finding your life purpose which has been let's say the the first step really in getting my ass back on track uh of you know living a life that I actually enjoyed and then for the majority actually of my personal path in the past five years um learning how to actually understanding first of all understanding what is actually happening when it comes to our inner critic and then um, learning how to manage it learning how to you know what to watch out for has been the biggest part of the journey I would say and I think it will be a journey that um, will be a never-ending journey in a certain way Um, but I think you know the more you're willing to um, kind of face certain situations Um, and depending on how willing you are to um, yeah kind of deal with this critic thing um, the easier it will get and um, the, the faster 
um, the improvements will be every time. So, um, what actually, you know, where does this inner critic actually come from? Like, <laughs> why is it in our lives? Um, so I think the first thing that we need to understand is our inner critic, um, is not here or is not created to make our lives more miserable. Um, it is actually here in our life to, um, you know, to take care of us in a certain way and to make sure that we're safe. Um, it's part of our survival mechanism. And where it actually came from is, <clears throat> is the following, or let me just explain to you a little bit of when this inner critic actually started to come into your life. Um, so, you know, when we are born as babies, um, and if you have children yourself, you know, you might be, um, you know, you, you might, um, see it even more clearer. Um, but just remember, you know, when you came into this world, you were a chubby little, probably dirty baby <laughs> because you had all this stuff from your, um, mom's <clears throat> belly and the placenta on you. And, um, you were bold, you know, but nobody cared, Nobody gave a shit. Everybody found you beautiful. Everybody was so happy that you're here. Everybody celebrated, you know, every tiny, you know, ridiculous thing. And I know what I'm talking about because I had a baby myself. And so, you know, you're happy when they have no problems pooping, when they can uh, release their gases and don't have stomach aches. You know, you're you're happy with everything that that baby does. Your love is just sincerely unconditional. Like, um, you would literally do whatever it takes, um, to make sure that this little baby is, um, is doing well and, um, is staying healthy, right? And, um, you as a baby, you know, like, like, like I mentioned, like, you don't care about how much you weight, how, how you look like, um, you're just in the present moment. D like, never ever is a baby going to think that, you know, when, you know, your, your mom or your dad is looking at you and you're like in this baby body, imagine that just for a second, okay? And you're looking at them, you would never be thinking, oh my God, they're looking at me. There there must be something wrong with me or I must look ugly or maybe I'm too fat. This is why they're looking at me all the time, you know? Um, never. But then when we're adults, it's this like kind of like becoming our, our standard, right? Oh my God, she looked at me. Do I have something in my face or do I, you know, do I still have something between my teeth or, you know, um was what uh was of what I chose to wear today not really good like whatever it is we're we're doubting ourselves over every you know stupid thing really right but then as a baby you know you just don't care and parents are also just so happy that everything everything is perfect and um but then there comes a time you know when you as a child realize that you know, now it's not fine anymore when I'm farting or now it's not fine anymore when I want to just walk around naked or go to school, go to kindergarten, go to school naked. It's not cool anymore. Um, somehow when now I'm crying, you know, mommy or daddy gets all, you know, frustrated and upset and then they start, you know, telling you, you know, oh, you know, you have you have to be quiet or else, or you can't, you can't wear this to school, or else, blah, blah, blah. There's always like those two, these two phrases, you have to, and you can't. And those two things together in combination with or else, you know, either you have to behave, or you will be, um, or you'll be considered a bad daughter. You can't speak up for yourself because um, otherwise, um, you know, it will be just ignored. Or um, you can't you can't dress a certain way because uh, then, like, the neighbors will talk bad about us. Um, 
or you have to keep quiet, or else you know mom and dad will send you to the to the to your room. It's all those kind of rules that start kicking in where we just realize, you know, hey, before I could just be myself. I was loved, um, you know. Um, I just received this unconditional love, and now I'm starting to realize that I have, like, I have to do certain things for my parents to like me or for my caretakers or you know my environment overall um i have to do things and i have to be a certain way or i can't do certain things because otherwise you know my environment will react negatively to me and there will be negative consequences and it's really like this um perceived pain in our mind um That our mind draws the conclusion, you know, this this specific whatever, you know, it's very pers like personal. It de it depends on on. Or it's very specific to each person and to your experiences, obviously. Just you know to make it clear. But um, in certain situations, your mind will have drawn the conclusion like, if I do this, you know, this will expose me to a certain danger, uh, to a certain negative reaction, and um. If your family, your parents, your, let's call it tribe overall, if your tribe is going to get angry with you, to your mind, that increases the chances of you being left alone and um, be rejected by from the tribe, um, which then in turn means that, you know, you will be dying. Because our survival, you know, especially as women, um, is based on staying within a group having a group that protects us. Um, and, you know, thousands or millions of years ago, if we were not to be part of the tribe anymore and we were to be outcasted, our chances of survival would have been, like, very, very low, right? And so the thing is, our, let's say, our environment, our social... For, uh, social um, ways of living together... Everything has changed, but our mind and our survival mind, our survival instinct has not changed. So in those situations when you were little and maybe your parents yelled at you or you got the silent treatment, welcome to the club, if you got that one, um, you know, or just, or just, you know, um, simple, plain, you know, um, Like, I can't think of the word, but it's, it's not just an accusation, but, you know, just empty threats. That's what I wanted to say. Like, even when our parents just say, you know, there will be no no cartoons for you tomorrow. Oh, you will not get anything to eat or whatever. Um, all those things are just perceived as literal danger to our survival. And as kids, you know, we we can't differentiate between... Even jokes, humor, sarcasm, or, you know, um, truth or, or lies. For us as kids, everything that we hear, everything that we see is true. So if, your if somebody said to you back then when you were little, um, oh, you know, you look awful in that dress. Your mind will just hear you will look awful and... It will take it in 100% as truth. So, um, whereas adults, we can, you know, kind of still discuss about it internally. Like, no, I don't think so. But for a kid, it's just plain truth. And, you know, or if your parents, maybe, or your caretaker, because I'm just going to say parents, okay? But depending on the situation you grew, up, you grew up with, maybe it's been your grandparents, maybe it's been completely other people, Um But let's just call them parents for the sake of simplification. So if your parents said something like, oh, you're so stupid, you know, you believe that. All of that goes straight into your mind. And um, it creates like this this program that runs the show. It creates what uh, we now call, let's say, our self-critic. Um, and so when you when you start to become aware of... Hey, you actually have to 
be a certain way. You have to, um, it's not okay for you to just be you and do the things the way you would do them. Now you have to do them the way your tribe is expecting you to do them. Um, you know, things start to change. Our program in our mind starts to change. Our thoughts that we have, you know, they start to change. They, those new thoughts, they create new emotions. And um, every time our mind would um, kind of identify something as potential danger, heck, it will try everything to make sure that you're not going to experience that situation again. So you will develop a certain thought pattern, a certain emotional pattern, a certain uh, behavior pattern that will always comply with what the tribe wants, just so that you can stay safe and sound. At least that's what it seems to your mind, okay? And so just for me understanding this, oh my God, has already been such a big revelation because I think there's a couple of points that you really need to um, become aware of, like the magnitude that this simple, um, the simple kind of conditioning um, that was init- initiated back then when you were maybe, um, maybe somewhere between zero to seven years old, most likely, um, has created. First of all, I want you to understand that when that thing happened, and it has been, you know, not just because of a one, one-time event, it has been a number of, of different ways, because we don't just have one fear. We have several fears, and this is the root cause for all of them. This, this belief that I have to, or I can't, or else something will happen, okay? So the first thing that I want you to really become aware of is, if you've understood what happened, that this is something that you have learned. This is something that particularly, that you as a person, as your soul, you know, your mind has learned that. And so all of those fears that you might be having going on for you in your life, I want you to understand that unless those fears are literal fears for your physical um, for your physical well-being, um, like, li- like there's a difference between a fear where you're seriously afraid of your own life because there's a wild animal attacking you or um, because, I don't know, you feel like you're in a, in a situation where, I don't know, maybe you, you might get assaulted or something like that. Um, those are like the real, the real survival um, fears that are that are more than needed in our body. But then there's the other ones where if you've just you know learned that you have to shut up and be quiet all the time, that good girls don't say what they're thinking, they just comply and obey. Um, and you realize in your job, you know, every time you're asked for your opinion or every time you're supposed to maybe speak in front of a group, you get this anxiety. This anxiety is learned. This anxiety comes from the story that your mind has made up um, when you were little, okay? Um, where it says, you're, if you're going to say your opinion uh, or if you're, if you're going to criticize something... Um, you will be considered a bad girl and bad girls are, you know, not loved. Maybe they're sinners, whatever it is that their punishment will be. Um, but the point is it is learned and um, those fears are not serving you. They served you when you were little, you know, they served you to stay um, safe and protected. But since they were learned, everything that we learn can be unlearned. Um we can always learn something that serves us much more um, than the old thing that is just not, you know, helping us out in those situations. So most of your fears are learned, okay? And and therefore they can be unlearned. 
Um, second, it could have been like super small incidences, but like I mentioned, those incidences or the conclusions that your mind drew back in those um, in those situations <clears throat> of I have to or I can't or else, um, they set up a certain belief system. They set up those belief system, this belief system around I'm not good enough, I'm ugly, I'm not lovable, um, I'm a failure, um, I will never make it to anything, um, I'm a disappointment, um, all those things. And don't get me wrong, this is not something that only happens in childhood, but this just lays the foundation for all the rest. Obviously, you can have like very, um, very strong experiences, even when you're an adolescent or an adult that will contribute to that. But that, you know, the baseline of your mental programming is late when you're zero to seven years old. Um, and so and that belief system, you know, that will trigger off certain emotions and that will trigger off certain behaviors. It's it's not random the way you act. And it's also not random the way you feel. There's always going to be a trigger for it. And, um, you know, your mind has had now probably, I don't know how many zillions of um, lifetime experiences and um, has collected like, I don't know how many thousands of situations that have helped it to build a very strong, let's say, story or case around maybe the belief that you're not good enough or that people will be disappointed of you. Um, but just know for this moment that, you know, there is a reason why you're acting a certain way. There is a reason why um, you're not taking on opportunities, why you're the one to hold your head down and not raise your hand when you know something that you always wished for opens up for you there's a reason why um you feel bad about yourself when it comes to approaching maybe a new guy and um just as i mentioned before you know this is learned it has been programmed it's just like a program on your computer running you know if you have a mac you have ios so imagine you have uh, a very specific personalized iOS version on your computer and it is just saying you know this is how things work this is who you are it is making you believe whatever story about money it's making you believe every whatever story about how relationships are supposed to be and how you are supposed to be there how you're supposed to behave there what you're supposed to think etc etc and um, as you know software can be reprogrammed right and so this is possible um for for those for this conditioning as well we can just write a new program um of course it can well i don't want to say it can't be done by yourself but it's going to be very very difficult um but it can be done um and then the third thing I want you to really um, also draw from this is that as you're human and you had this experience, you know, that means that your parents had the same experience. So, you know, once I realized that, you know, for example, when I, when I face tough, from my point of view, very tough um, situations with my parents, um... And I would realize that, hey, you know, my parents act that way with me because of their own programming. Because the way that they have grown up, you know, it has it has defined how they are reacting. And most likely, they are not conscious about it. I, I am. I'm not 100% conscious of everything. I think almost nobody is. But I do... I can... I can really say that I have a much, much higher um, 
degree of consciousness around what I do, why I do it, and I can see it in other people that I have a different understanding. But I would say, like, my parents, um, they're not spending so much time on, let's say, personal development. Um, They're just acting as their mind is telling them. And so um, I've come to peace knowing um, that, you know, when, for example... (laughs) Um, my mind, my, my mom is super afraid, um, or giving me a sort of, a sort of, let's say silent treatment or is bursting out into tears because of something that I tell her. I know that it is not her. It isn't, I, I've come to understand that she's not doing it because she doesn't love me or she doesn't support me. It's just her own survival system telling her that she is in danger, do you understand? So if my mom is afraid that, for example, if I move away, um, I mean, to a different country, um, like her love system is going to be affected. Maybe she will even feel that she won't be loved because of that, even though my love for her won't change. You know, so just kind of also reflecting on, you know, how did your parents actually grow up? And what might have affected um, their view on life, their behaviors, the way that they're expressing or not expressing their emotions and um, defines the actual emotions that they are experiencing on a, on a regular basis. Um, all of that will help you to... Tame your inner critic if you believe it or not. Because once you understand all of those things that I just mentioned, um, it will help you to um, to just realize that, let's say your inner critic is a made-up story, okay? And it only has power when you believe what it is saying, And when you realize that it is doing it, like all, let's say all of those fears, all of those doubts, all of those um, disempowering emotions are coming from a place of when you were little and um, when they were serving you to keep you safe, right? And to to be taken care of. Um... And you realize, you know, they only have power when you actually believe that you're still that, let's say, six-year-old girl that needs mommy's and daddy's protection to stay safe and live um, a good life. Then this inner critic, this is the only, only chance that your inner critic will have the power, right? But if you really, if it really, like, gets to you that everything that is saying is just a learned form of survival um, that it just has to do with your child brain or child mind thinking that you know will actually get into um, a life or, or a perceived life or death situation and it just tries to protect you. Um, and that the people that you're, you know, um, experiencing life with, whether those are your parents, whether those are your friends, whether this is your partner, whether those are your colleagues or your boss, you know, we all have our own internal story. And... Um, Once you understand that, you know, everybody has their own inner critic. Everybody has um, had their own path of this inner critic, like, kind of being developed. Um, Then you have the power to, you know, start navigating it into different ways. Because here's the thing. um, And this is where... Working on your consciousness is really like the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself. 
Because once you become aware of all of those things, um, and you also start to realizing it, like recognizing it in your day-to-day life, like the next time, for example, maybe it's going to be just what a co-worker will say to you. That's going to trigger this emotion of like feeling completely misunderstood, feeling feeling um, not supported or feeling criticized, you know. Start becoming the observer of your life, of your actions, of your emotions, of your thoughts. Everything is just a messenger that will help you to dismantle this whole let's say, persona of your inner critic. And it will dismantle, help you dismantle um, the source of those fears uh, or emotions. And it will help you to see what is actually really true behind it. Because maybe maybe your, your co-worker didn't mean to criticize you. Maybe what he said had a completely different um, intention. Um Maybe it had nothing to do about, you know, whether he or she supports you or not. But this was what your mind concluded based on your own story. And so um, once you become the observer of all your actions and emotions and thoughts, you know, this will help you to start kind of um, connecting the dots and um, getting to the root cause of it. And um, this will help you in in uh, developing your own level of consciousness. Because let me tell you, at least at least ninety five percent or more of everything that we do, everything that we feel, everything that we think, is happening on autopilot. It is happening like your mind takes charge of ninety five percent of your life. At least. And for people who've never really, you know, dealt with themselves, who just accept everything as a reality, as truth, etc. Their life is even like the percentage for them is even higher. Okay, so you need to become aware that if you're not willing to to deal with that topic and to understand um, the backstory of your inner critic... Your life will not be run by you. Your life will be run by your by your mind. Based on all those lies and all those wrong conclusions that it drew. Um, and it will certainly makes, make sure that you're going to stay safe. But it will probably also make sure that you're going to stay miserable. Because usually what I've found is that everything <clears throat> that we... Um, desire deeply in our hearts um, goes beyond what our culture or our family tribe, you know, um, wants for us or the way that they are living life. At least it's very true for me. And every time we will want to go against what everybody else in our tribe is doing, um, our mind will kick in, our inner critic will kick in, and it will try to, you know, make sure that you're not going down that path of your heart. But in order for you to move through that fear, you know, you will, you need to become aware. Because then you will be able to develop the courage. You'll be able to develop that emotional stamina um, to move through that and do it in spite of fear. Um, so like I mentioned, become an observer because everything will be a message. Everything will lead you to that inner critic and, um, to those, let's say very, um, initial experiences that you might, might have had as a child that have made you believe certain things. Um, So yes. What I want you to do is, I really hope, first of all, I really hope that um, 
you were able to understand where that inner critic is actually coming from and how it is developed. So, you know, just always remember you as a baby, not caring about anybody's opinion, not caring about the way you look, not caring about anything, but just being in the present moment and enjoying your life to the fullest. Um, and then realizing that, you know, you have to or you can't do things. And I challenge you, you know, how many times throughout the week after hearing this episode, I just, let's just do it for a day. I want you to pay attention just for a day. Um, and pay attention how often you think, I have to do this. Oh my God, you know, I have, like you made a, you made an appointment with your friend and you feel like, oh my God, I, I have to go because blah, 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 blah. I've already told her that I'm coming and blah, blah. I can't, I can't, I can't postpone again. Just pay attention to those I have to's and I can't. And think about what the actual consequence will be. Okay? Because maybe you're thinking, oh, I can't postpone again because then she will think that I don't care about her, etc., etc. This will be a very good start for you to get a feeling of when that critic is kicking in, what is happening, and what are your actual rules. Because, um, you know, in the end, the truth is, you don't have to do anything and you can do everything. Okay. Um, and um, just pay attention to it. And this will help you like uh, a great part in becoming more aware of, of your thoughts, of your emotions, of, um, you know, the actions that you're taking based on those um based on those thoughts um and once you become aware you know the only the thing is we can only make a different choice when we are when we understand what is going on and when we um become aware that actually something is going on so in that situation if you know, um, if you find yourself, for example, thinking, oh, I have to go and see my friend. I can't, I can't cancel on her. I'll postpone it because uh, otherwise she will think X, Y, Z. You know, if you've become aware of that, now really ask yourself, is this true? Is this the only way that, um, that, that like, is this the only result that is, uh, that, that has the potential of, you know, happening. Are there other solutions, you know? Because um, maybe, you know, maybe your friend is tired too and will be more than happy to reschedule. But if we just stay with our own story, you know, we keep ourselves trapped and uh, we become our own prisoners. So I hope you got an understanding of, you know, what is actually... Um, Taking off that inner critic of yours, where it comes from, how it is developed, um, and what is what is a, a good step to towards you know taming, starting to tame it, and starting to get back in the driver's seat for yourself. Because um, so one thing is to really start observing, start developing that awareness and then the second the second step will be once you develop that awareness you know and you start like questioning is this really true is that the only way that this is able to go down are there other solutions are there other ways to um to think about this um am i really a bad friend if i just you know postpone because i feel like i need to take care of myself um and if that voice is still going to kick in and say like, yes, you'll be a bad friend and you should feel like uh, guilty about it or whatever. Now then you know that this is not you. This is your mind. This is your inner critic coming up. And, you know, the beautiful thing is now that when you've gained awareness, now you can like I said, now you can control that inner critic and now you can guide it and now you can tell it what you actually want it to do. So if it's telling you something that is just not true, 
Like if it's trying to convince you that you're a failure or a disappointment or a bad friend or whatever, then, you know, you can just say, you know, thanks for caring about me. Thanks for worrying about me. But um, I'm, you know, I'm safe. I don't need your help at the moment. So thank you. But you can just go and take a rest or take a nap or whatever. Go for a drink. You can send it away. And I just encourage you to try out those two things during the week and see how that, you know, resonates with you. And um, if you're curious to find out more, if you're curious to, you know, work, start working more actively on your inner critic because you're just sick and tired of being stuck maybe in a relationship or a job or um, a business that is just, you know, not taking off the way you would like to um, or maybe it's other situations where you experience a lot of anxiety or frustration feel free to always reach out to me you can always send me an email to algermuller.coaching at gmail.com there we go um, or just check out uh, and follow me on on um my social media, you know, uh, join our Facebook group. It's totally for free. It's called Tame Your Inner Critic. You can find us on Facebook. Um, join a group of women who are all in the same boat and um, who are, you know, uh, working together on um, on creating a life that they just love, you know, and doing it with a sense of of courageousness and confidence instead of doubt and stress. Um. Or just reach out, you know, on Instagram, the Olga Miller, and um, let's connect. Um, in the next episodes, you know, I will go a little bit deeper about the further, let's say, journey of taming your inner inner critic. But I would be like so curious to hear, you know, um, what have been, what did you enjoy most about this episode, and what have been situations for you? were that inner critic has kicked in and maybe how it has showed up for you let me know um share the episode if you know you feel that it brought value to you let's bring more awareness to more women and men um out in this world because only when we raise our consciousness and our awareness can we actually start making changes right and create that life so um thanks for listening and um see you next week with a new episode thank you so much for tuning into the thrive podcast and spending your precious time with us if you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too please share it with your network friends and family i would also be forever grateful if you could go over to itunes and leave us an honest review about the show and if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrivepodcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.